playing virtual theater. Join Zelda Dungeon's own Andy Spiteri, host of the Champions cast, and Gooey Fame, host of the Hyrule Compendium, as they dive into the world of video game movies. Reviews, thoughts, laughs, and more. A brand new podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. Listen to Virtual Theater, coming soon to SoundCloud. Welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, and I'm joined by my friend from California, Taylor Wells. What's going on, dude? Uh, lots of lots of rain on and off past uh, past week or so. It's been pretty interesting down here in what's supposed to be the balmiest city in, well, this side of the coast. You know, it is uh, colder than the North Pole in Calgary today. I'm I'm dead serious. It is so cold in Calgary, and it's been so cold for the last week or so that it's been unbearable. I got my hair cut yesterday, and I uh, I went out to an arcade bar last night and got out of my car, literally almost turned around and got back in and just drove home. It's so cold. <laughs> I wonder, do you have, so, like, hardwood floors or anything? Yeah, I do. Do your feet, like, freeze to it whenever you walk? Yeah, they do, and this is the kicker and a sacrifice that I've been making for all of our listeners that I uh, I want to tell everybody about. When we record the Champions Cast, my my office is actually right beside our furnace room in the basement. So I actually turn our furnace off so that you can't hear it kind of guzzling in the background. So when we record, it gets even colder, which sucks. So if you turn into a popsicle midway through the cast, we all know why Andy suddenly <laughs> went silent. Yeah, or or maybe just next week you're gonna hear this like going on in the background, and I ain't apologizing. I don't care. Well, yeah, it is damn cold. Yeah, it's that that just sounds awful. Uh, all right, so enough talk about the weather. Let's get into uh, this week's show. It is all about love that's right it's zelda dungeons week of love and what better week for that than during valentine's day week uh that of course is coming up on thursday taylor you got any plans for thursday uh yes i'm going to remove this darn awful avatar i have on discord since i lost yet another bet on our zd podcast and uh well not podcast but in the zd discord so we'll be getting rid of that or something huh it was about the Super Bowl. Or something? Yeah, it was about the Patriots yeah. versus the Rams. I made another sucker bet, and well, <laughs> here I am. Uh, but as far as as far as love goes, probably just a nice chat with 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 a significant other, but uh, nothing significant at the moment for like going out wise. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think that I uh, I might cook dinner for my fiance, and uh, that'll probably go horribly. So we'll probably end up ordering pizza, and uh, that'll be that. It's Are funny how uh, how after a couple years in, you just kind of stop trying, eh? Yeah, 
I, <laughs> I've always wanted to kind of. God, like, I hope she never listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we could always go big or go home, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's Zelda Dungeons Week of Love, and we got a ton of stuff going on all, all over the website to celebrate that. Uh, we're gonna have some editorials uh, going up. We're gonna have loved themed daily debates we're gonna have loved themed episodes of hyrule compendium um and of course this podcast here and we're gonna have some special features going on for fan fiction friday and all of that good stuff uh, everyone has chipped in so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be pretty cool um and there's lots of salacious topics in there about shipping and stuff like that so uh oh, for all no. you guys that are all into that oh yes zelda dungeons week of love baby um and, of course, we are going to dive into uh, our thoughts about romance in the Zelda series, our favorite ships, and what our favorite romantic angles are. But first, Taylor, I uh, I had a question for you, and I, I just wanted to talk about it briefly because we, we sort of touched on uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 last week on the Champions cast. Um, and I'm a fan of Kingdom Hearts from back in the day, so I just wanted to spend a few minutes uh, chatting about it. But... I guess my question is this, am I living in a bubble or did Kingdom Hearts 3 like not get a lot of buzz when it came out? Like when Breath of the Wild came out or even God of War or Spider-Man, it, it, it just seemed like everybody I saw on Twitter in the gaming industry was talking about those games like nonstop. Like they were talking about how great they were, how, you know, how cool and how just happy they were to have these games. It seems like we saw a bunch of that in the build-up towards Kingdom Hearts 3, but, like, the game actually comes out, and it's dead. I haven't seen anybody tweeting about it, posting about it. I haven't seen, like, any gaming personalities talking about Kingdom Hearts 3. It, like, is, is that just my bubble, or is or did something misfire here, and it's just not... I don't know. It, it's not, like, in the gaming cultural hubbub, I guess, if you will. It's very weird for a game that took 13 years, I think it was, to develop and come out. Um, there, was, there was a whole bunch of talk, as you said, leading up to it. And then I think for for like the first couple of days, I was seeing a lot of chatter um, on my friends' feeds and things like that. And obviously news sites were like, oh, yeah, it's out, it's out. Go play it, go get it. You know, here here's our reviews. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you and feeling like uh, I'm living under a rock and where I'm, I'm just not hearing as much about it as I did before. And it's actually funny that you asked that question too because something I saw just this morning recent uh, actually was one of my friends was uh, asking about how there seems to be like a dearth of Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts 3. And I didn't even know this because I haven't gotten a chance to play it just yet, but... Uh, I guess we're now taking taking Kingdom Hearts into its own realm and not not sharing it anymore. I don't know. Um, it it just it seemed uh, it seemed weird to me. Is all. I just like obviously we were gonna hear more about Breath of the Wild when that game came out. Yeah. But um, you know. Even, like, I go back to God of War. You saw God of War everywhere when it came out. Like, like I feel like I've seen more about Resident Evil 2 than I have about Kingdom Hearts 3. Which, well, I, I don't know, for a game that had so much it. steam behind it, it's like, what? Yeah, it's it's very odd. I 
I don't know whether it was just because the game might have fallen flat, or if it's just, like, not as many people ended up getting it right away, or... I don't know what the deal is here. It's it's very strange. Yeah, I'm not sure. It reviewed, I, I think, decently well. I think it was getting eights and nines, which, you know, that's an incredibly solid score. So yeah. um, it's not like it bombed. So I don't know. Um, any listeners out there, if we're living in a bubble, tell us. Because uh, it just seems odd to me. So, yeah, I, that was that was my question. It was uh, it was on my mind, and I just wanted to uh, to ask it and see if anyone else just felt the same way. Because I you just played did. It I thought that it was strange. Uh, no, I haven't played it. Um, and to be honest, I like I'm not I, I'm not dying to. I would definitely need to replay the first two um, before I got into that. Like like I played Kingdom Hearts one, Chain of Memories, and two. But it just seems like there's been a million titles in the Kingdom Hearts series since then, and each of them have these ridiculous subtitles attached to them. Um, I think that's what my friend was kind of referring to, is that apparently because of, because of the million and one titles released in between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3, that like Kingdom Hearts now has enough of its own original characters to where they don't need to kind of cross into the Final Fantasy realm anymore. Which yeah. just... It seemed kind of odd, though. It was like, okay, we're going to mix Final Fantasy with Disney, and that's going to be the premise of this. And then, you know, two two games late, well, six five, 65,000 games later, we, like, we're completely abandoning that premise, but we're keeping the kind of same art, artsy style that we used to have for Final Fantasy and mix it, and continuing to mix with, with Disney. I don't know. It's, it's really weird, kind of the evolution I, of the series. I don't mind them. Yeah, I don't mind them dropping the Final Fantasy characters because, I mean, there, there is definitely enough characters um, in that roster. There's probably enough characters in Organization 13 alone to sustain Kingdom Hearts, but, like, there's there's almost too many characters. You know what I mean? Like, you look at the box art for the cover of Kingdom Hearts 3, there's, like, 20 guys on it, and it's like, oh, okay. Right. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's selling pretty well. It's just, it's just weird that you don't hear any buzz about it. Do you think so. it might be a case of, uh, this game requiring you to have kind of played all, all the previous Kingdom Hearts game in order to understand what's going on? Or is oh, that not the absolutely. case at all? I mean, I mean, that's why they released the, uh, Kingdom Hearts, the story so far before like a week or two before the release because like if you just jumped into kingdom hearts 3 and you'd never played him you'd have no idea what's going on right like i said like look at the box art there's like there's 20 dudes on that thing <laughs> well i mean at least so, they have 20 original characters you know some series can't really even say that yeah i, I mean i don't know what's worse having too many or not enough that's yeah. kind of the the kingdom hearts debate in my mind it's a delicate balance. Um, but enough about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, maybe we'll we'll explore that topic again in the future. Maybe we won't. Uh, let's get over to Legend of Zelda and let's talk about romance. That's right. Love is in the air this week on the Champions Cast. And I guess let's start here, Taylor. Do you even like romantic eagles in Zelda? Um, do you want games to have more, less? Is it just enough? Um, what are your thoughts? Oh man, this is this is such a great question. I feel because I think that Zelda has been one of those few titles that's actually kind of done it right, in that there's not too much of it and there's not too little of it. Kind of as we were saying with characters in Kingdom Hearts, 
I, I think that there's enough in it to where, you know, if some people are interested in that kind of thing, they can find it. But it's not overloading it to where now Zelda is a love story as opposed to, you know, a grand adventure that it's supposed to be. Um, I, I think maybe I would you like to see just a little bit more, but it, it's a pretty good balance. That was uh, that was an exceptional answer, actually, and I uh, I pretty much echo those sentiments pretty much exactly. I think that it strikes a really good balance, but I wouldn't be upset if there was just a bit more. Um, yeah, good, good answer. You, you pretty much took the words right out of my mouth. Wow, um, I finally so I impressed guess... Andy. <laughs> I am impressed. I don't know. You probably just stole my lines. Uh, it's true. I'm a mind reader now, too. Yeah. Um, so I guess like if, if there were to be more romance in the Zelda series, and we've kind of touched on this before in previous episodes, what, um, what like, direction do you do you see it taking like i know that we're both big fans of mass effect where you can uh you know go in and choose to be either romantic or platonic with certain characters um and you can really shape you know you you could really the choice is yours to who your spouse wants to be like are you thinking something like that or are you thinking more of like a um a dedicated storyline a la final fantasy 8 something like that where like the the whole plot is centered around the romance or or would you rather have that freedom to to pick i guess for lack of a better word hmm i think the the trouble with it here is that you know i think the the whole mass effect uh way of doing it is kind of like the natural evolution for video games just because it's such a choice-based medium and where it's very important that the player is able to choose you know what they want to do and especially now with with breath of the wild having come out and it essentially revolutionizing how zelda is played i think that would probably be the direction that it would go if they're ever going to do something more romance related um but i'm not sure how it would work and i don't know that I think that they'd run the risk of running into that problem of having too much romance or it being too focused around romance if they did do something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it works well for Mass Effect because you have all of these different female or male characters that are fairly essential to the story where in a, in a Zelda game, there's not... I mean, there's really Link, Zelda... And then some bit players in the background a lot of the times. Or maybe some secondary characters like sages or champions and then the bit players. Like, they're all on clearly distinct different levels. Now, yeah. I also think that it kind of works well because Shepard can be kind of a jerk. Like, like he, can, he can turn down somebody and it's he can he can be kind of an ass when he does it. You know what I mean? Or, this is Commander uh, Shepard and this is my favorite yeah. girl on the Citadel. So, and, and you just, you couldn't do that with Link. You know, you, yeah. you couldn't do that. And so the more I was thinking originally, like, yeah, I'd want to be able to choose. I'd want to be able to just have that uh, flexibility with that. But the more I think about it, the more I'm not really sold on that. And the way, like, because I think if Link was to have a love interest, like a, an official love interest in, a, in the game, like, they'd have to be fairly prominent to the story, like I think. Oh, and, absolutely. And I just don't see that. Let's use Ocarina of Time as an example. If you could you know, choose to romance Malin or you could choose to romance Zelda or whatever. Like, like Malin, lover to death, but she's not really important to the story in the grand scheme of things, right? And so, it, I don't know if that would necessarily work. Um, 
But I think so that I, might I be feel... kind of the charm of it, though, because like if you if you look at things even from a slightly I, well, I want to say a slightly more realistic perspective, but I might be putting my foot in my mouth. Um, I, I I think that like where love is concerned, like sometimes you know they say you know love blooms on the battlefield, but at the same time, like love also just can I come think out only of nowhere. Solid Snake says that. Yeah, right. I never heard anybody else say that. Well, Solid Snake is all that matters, okay? But, Shout out to Snake. Yeah. I, I think that you can really go any direction with the with the concept of love and it can you can make it feel kind of natural or make it feel right. But I agree that you're you you've kind of hit it on the head and where it's it's hard to picture what they would do with it. You know, we can always say, "Oh yeah, yeah they should do this or that," but when as you said, like the more you think about it, the more it falls apart. Um, and I mean, I, I would be open to either idea. I think that both work fine. And I actually think that there's kind of examples of both already in the Zelda series, which we'll touch on in just a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think, I feel like I like, I like for Link, the character to just have that, that kind of set story where like he, uh, he is like involved with just that one person, like to, to use an analogy from a movie. And this might be strange. But, like, one of my favorite romance stories in a movie ever is from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Stay with me here. So, at the end of that movie, when Will Turner finally kisses, uh, what was her name? Elizabeth Swan? Yeah. Uh-huh. When they finally kiss, it's just like, yes, they've earned this. They've been through this incredible journey together. I, I'm, I'm in it. I feel, you know, I'm invested in this. I thought that was a good journey, and that was, like, a good payoff to that. And so, like, I feel like... Like, Link is kind of that same noble hero that Will Turner is, if that if that makes sense, if I'm comparing Legend of Zelda to the Pirates of the Caribbean. So, I, I don't know. I Like, I feel like that um, could probably work for me. Or, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of get, like, the... Like, I always think of the noble hero when I think of Link, right? Like, so if, if Captain America was uh, I just don't see Captain America, you know, choosing between six different girls or whatever. You know, I, I feel like he has his 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 good intentions and he's he's set on the one. You know what he's I got mean? His so, type, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just it feels weird to have Link kind of wheeling and dealing. Whereas like I think Commander Shepard can get away with that or Solid Snake can get away with that because they're uh they're a little bit rougher around the edges, let's just say. Whereas I, I think that Link um I don't know. I it, to me, I think I'd rather just have him, maybe focus on his one. But Violet Link is Pimp Link. We all know this. Hey, yeah, four different links, four different choices, right? right exactly. There you go. Um. So I guess uh, before we dive deep into um, into just kind of a analysis and our thoughts on relationships in Legend of Zelda, let's. Let's get a little bit fun. Let's get a little bit uh, salacious. Taylor, what's your favorite ship in Legend of Zelda? And if there's any, if there's any old timers out there like me that didn't know what the hell a ship was before you, before I googled it about a year ago, please explain that. Well, hey, you, you say you googled it, googled it a year ago. I also distinctly recall a Discord conversation the other day where you were asking where it was. Uh, ship is basically just short for relationship. It's uh, kind of like a, a a term coined. 
I want to say in the anime community, and we're just and video game by extension, and where people like would just pair different characters together, even if the pairing doesn't make sense, and they would just uh, refer to it as a ship or uh, you know a relationship. So which which characters are involved with which, and uh, so it it can make sense. It can be like even you know, canon as far as the game series is concerned, or it can be wildly out of left field. So that that's what we're uh, referring to here. Okay, just to just to absolutely clear things up here. I was using that as a point of reference when I was talking at Discord the other day and explaining to our newer hires that I didn't know what a ship was until a year ago when I Googled it. I'm not oh. that out of touch. Okay. Or am I? We'll go with that. <laughs> uh, okay, so like, what's your what's your favorite ship here, Taylor? What? Uh, who do you see? And I guess, I guess we don't have to just uh, limit it to just Link, even though that'll probably be our answers here. But what's your what's your favorite ship in the Legend of Zelda series? Let's not let's try and keep this uh, medium spice. Yeah, if we're if we're not counting, or like if we're opening up the floor, I would say probably Anju and Cafe, just because it was so well done. Um, oh, now, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. To me, a ship is like putting characters together that you want to see together, not characters that already are together. Isn't like isn't that right? I, yes and no. Like, sh- shipping can refer to... It, it's more along the lines of just who do you pair with someone else. Like, even if it's already canon, that can still be a ship. Uh, it's more commonly... You know, when it's ambiguous and nobody knows yet what's going to happen. Okay. But it can definitely refer to stuff that's already been ha- – or already happened or already confirmed. All right. Well, people people aren't listening to this show to hear about people that are already together, damn it. True. Who do you want to get together that, that aren't, you know, a thing? So, Give us a ship. Okay. So, you know, assuming, assuming Saria could ever, like, grow up or could ever, like – I guess be free of the Deku Tree's magic or, you know, without tumbling down that whole rabbit hole, I would say like, especially, you know, young Link and Saria, like they have such a great friendship and they have such a great like relationship to begin with. It it seems like natural that it would kind of evolve, you know, were they both to grow up, but I don't know. I think, I think Link and Malin is good too. It's, that's again, one that's really natural. I think, uh, uh, one of my one of my other ones was uh Lincoln Medley from from Wind Waker. That sounded like, like Medley. You don't <laughs> you don't like Medley? Isn't that ironic that you're sticking up for Medley and I'm kind of eh? You know, people think I have nothing but hatred for the game, but I will I will be free to admit that there are some good things out of it. You know. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna hit you with two of mine. I think that the first one won't be won't hit you that hard, but I think the second one just might. So, uh, first one, Link and Marin from Link's oh, yeah. Awakening. God, I that, that, was that scene easy, with though. them on the beach is just uh, is is so good. And I know it's it's pretty easy and it's like pretty safe. So I'm hitting you with this. Uh, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Impa and Groose, but like young Impa when she comes back into the into the present day. Okay, see now that's a definition of a ship right there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, now those guys have chemistry, right? Uh, well, uh, I mean, Grease is already okay. in love with Old Impa. It, that's true. 
okay, I can't I can't disagree with that. And, and we gotta throw the Grusinator a bone after you know things didn't work out with Zelda for him. True, very true. What about Hylia and Grus? No. 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 Too formal. No. She's uh. I... No, not for Grus. Okay. Grus Grus would have uh, that guy fits in with Solid Snake and with uh, Commander Shepard. Highly is too pure for Groose. Fair enough. What about? No, that that that's too dank. We could do the King of Red yeah, Lions and Groose. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, that's definitely too dank. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think Groose and Impo would be would be cute. Like they're already kind of together. I think it would be funny because she's like so sullen and serious, and he's such a goofball. I mean, you could that that argue be, uh, that it's a perfect be pairing because of that, you know? Two differing personalities yeah. just match, kind of fit, yin and yang. Uh, my favorite ship is those, uh, the people that just spin endlessly in Castletown over and over and over and over and over. Oh, <laughs> the, the never, couple. Never throwing up. Yeah. It's good for them. The, those are some solid stomachs. Not only can they stomach that ship, but they can also stomach that, that twirling. You, you damn right. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Just twirling over and over and over and over and over and over? What a relationship, man. Oh, my God. Get that's me out of true there. commitment. I, I'll give you three twirls and that's it. <laughs> um, okay, so let's, uh, let's keep this rolling along here. You can ask one person in the Zelda series on a date. Who is it? And then second bonus question, where do you take them? And I guess maybe should we limit this question to you have to take them in a in a place that's in their particular game world? Or should we just open the floor completely? Um I think we should leave it open. Okay, let's do that then. All right. I I would like to take Vadi on a date. I would like to take that man and I get to know him that. better. Okay. And I would take him to Zora's Domain in Breath of the Wild because that place is just nothing short of breathtaking. And there are so many different places within Zora's Domain that you can go from the very top of the waterfalls to, you know, just the whole crystalline kind of city. Um, Hold on a second, though. Hold on. They're not going to let Vadi into Zora's Domain. He's a bad guy. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're trying to give him a chance, Andy. Vadi could be a good guy. You'd never know. We, you were the one who argued that our our boy Minish Cap himself, Ezlo, was the one that corrupted Vadi. So what if Vadi was a good guy all along, and we and our date could make him the next hero of Hyrule? Well, I guess anything's possible. I've stumped him, boys. Oh no! Well, who I would mean, you that's, take? That's a great answer. I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. But you know, if, hey, roll tide, body yeah. some love. Um, who would I take? You know what? I came up with this question, and I didn't even think of an answer for myself. Um, okay. Well, first of all, I'll tell you where I would take them, and that's the Forest Temple of Ocarina of Time. Okay, like, good choice. Like, right in, right in Sarai's little spot there, and maybe into the temple like in the by the fire and stuff like that it's kind of creepy but also like that 
that's like that's like when you take a when you take your significant other to like a spot that means a lot to you and you it maybe it isn't necessarily like the greatest spot in the world but since it means so much to you you kind of have that conversation going and you have uh you know you have that uh je ne sais quoi for lack of a better term with that <laughs> with that spot and it can kind of carry it yeah um you know i guess now that i say it like uh, Soraya would be a good one to take, even though, like, I always kind of feel weird about doing that shit because she's a kid and can't ever grow up, but, since, I mean, since we're just, like, completely, you know, throwing caution to the wind here, let's just say that she, she grows up and can go on dates at some point in the future. That would be a good one. Yeah, um, I could, and maybe, I could side with that. Yeah, uh, let's, it, on that condition, you know, that, that she grows up, and I guess, on the uh, on the condition that she doesn't, if she doesn't ever grow up, it's hard for me not to say Mifa. I love Mifa. Here, here's a question though, because, like, let's let's go back to the whole Saria thing. You know, would you still take her to the Forest Temple? Like, because wouldn't she be super intimately familiar with that already? Like, why would that be? Why would that be a special place for you to take her? Like, why why not somewhere else? Well, I think that would work even better because it would be a special place to both of us. Well, it's more you know of a I'm special saying? place to her and only kind of sort of becomes a special place for you once you've rescued her in the game. Well, okay. So let's let's get real meta here. If we're talking about, you know, the question is, who would you take on a date? Now, you can either mean Link or it can mean, like, the player yourself, like True. Andy and Taylor projecting onto link itself so I'm, I'm going the the latter route and uh and projecting what i feel onto link there in the forest temple i've written about it before on zelda dungeon is a very special place to me um in terms of the zelda series so i i would uh i would go there okay that's totally fair i i can agree with that and i think in that case like if i'm imprinting myself i would also probably choose saria um, although Vadi, like, I just, I, I love Vadi both as a villain and just as a character in general. And I think, uh, it would be really, a really good opportunity if you, if you want to date with him, you get to kind of know more about him. And I'd like to get his side of the story as opposed to just Eslo's. I don't know. I think we both have some good selections here. I think you just like the bad boy types, Taylor. You know what? That could entirely be true. All right, so let's dive into the meat and potatoes here. Um, I picked out three of what I consider the best romantic angles that the Zelda series has ever produced, and we're going to dive into why these work and uh, what our thoughts on them and what we what we hoped would have happened for them eventually. And Taylor, if you have any more that you wanted to add, uh, you can definitely feel free to do so. Um, okay. Let's start with... What I probably consider the best romantic angle in the Zelda series, and that is Link and Zelda from Skyward Sword. Um, this is what I mean when I when I say I'd rather have like a a narrative about that love story rather than choices that Link can pick from, because I I think that this was just such a good story and these characters just worked so well together. Um, I I think that this is the best iteration of Zelda that is you know that we've ever seen um and just like everything from the way that nintendo presented the cinematography to the music to the shots of these particular moments like 
you know, there, there are just moments in this story between the two of them in particular that, you know, broke my heart and, and just made me like cheer out loud. Um, I, like, I will never forget watching the, uh, the scene where Princess Zelda, who is like kind of slipping in and out of being Hylia at the time is basically telling Link that she has to seal herself away for thousands of years. And, uh, you know, she's highly has pretty much taken her over at this point. But then, you know, just as she's uh, just as she's sealing herself away and Link is running up those stairs and kind of trips and he's he's trying to get to that chamber and he's banging on the glass doors. And then Zelda kind of creeps back out and says something like this time you need to wake me up, sleepyhead. Like, God, that was just oh, that was so good. That was so good. And then at the end, when they when they finally reunite, like like how good was this story from start to finish? I think, it, you know, outside of maybe Link's Awakening, um, it was one of the only Zelda games to even really give romance kind of a, a solid shake. Like, I only say Link's Awakening because, again, as we touched on when we were talking about our ships, like, Link and Marin was, you know, al- almost pretty much implied in that game with a lot of right. different things. So... I think it, it, it with it was essentially Nintendo's first attempt at making a Zelda story that was more romance focused than it was, um, you know, anything else, and it really, really worked. As you said, I think they they paced it perfectly. I think that um, for a first attempt, it was probably their best attempt, and I agree. Like for me. Narratively speaking, story speaking, character character wise, like it was all just very very good, and I think I love the part the fact that it's a relationship that also we kind of see evolve over the course of the game. It's not mm-hmm. you know it's it's definitely implied that you know they're kind of interested in each other at the beginning of the game, but by the end of it, you can definitely you can you can almost guaranteed say yeah they. You know, through through any other means, they're, they're together and they build Hyrule. Yeah, they, absolutely. You know, they care about each other. What um, I want to say, like one of the things that I think made this kind of pairing so successful is that it, in previous Zelda games, I found um, Princess Zelda is is just very cold. She's a very cold character, like in Ocarina of Time or in uh, Twilight Princess. She just she appears very cold, calculated. And in this game, it's a total opposite. She's warm. She's She's compassionate. I think, like, from the first scene, they really just kind of hammer that home, and that's why this is my favorite version of Zelda. She definitely has, like, a lot more character aspects to her. I think in a lot of the early games, you know, probably part of this is due to, you know, limitations in technology, but, you know, I can definitely agree that Zelda was usually fairly one note in terms of how she acted or how she uh, engaged. She she just seemed you. very regal. Maybe yeah. is a good word, and maybe maybe that Skyward Sword's advantage because she's not a princess yet per se. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like you you look at someone like Malin in Ocarina of Time and how warm and playful she is, and then you contrast that with Zelda and how kind of cold she is, and, and maybe that's where. You know, I, I I have a hard time seeing the the Lincoln Zelda ships in Ocarina of Time, 
But I this know, game, I, I, I just think that it was perfect. I, I can argue that, though. I, I feel like in Ocarina of Time, you get two different versions of Zelda. You get the young Zelda who you can definitely tell, you know, is very much a kid and is very much, you know, someone who maybe if she wasn't raised up in royalty would be more like a Malin, perhaps, or even Saria. Yeah, I wouldn't argue um, with you. Yeah, but, you know, I, I did like the fact that in Ocarina of Time, like, we we got to see more of who Zelda is as a person, kind of like as a character, and there she's, you know, she's kind of like every any other girl, but she's just, she's raised in this royalty, and she's raised in this, in this world where there's very serious, you know, machinations going on in the background, she's got to deal with it all. Uh, it's also kind of why I also loved her character in Breath of the Wild, and where we got to see even more... Uh, kind of it, Breath of the Wild did a lot to me, or for Zelda felt a lot like um, they were trying to take what they did with Ocarina of Time Zelda and then tried to expand upon it. Like, what if, what if we were seeing? I, I think that's a fair argument. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair and, statement. And I and I really enjoyed that. I like seeing that fiery, spunky Zelda who, you know, kind of defies her her destiny, but at the same time also knows that it's necessary. Um, uh, we'll get I, I to like Breath that. of the Wild Zelda in just a second here, but before I want to put a bow on Link and Zelda and Skyward Sword. Um, I consider this the the greatest romance angle, if you want to call that, in the Zelda series. Would you agree or disagree? I would agree. I I think Anju and Ka- uh, Cafe get close to it, but because of the way that it was done in Skyward Sword, from the growth to the very picturesque moments that we get. I, you know, I think, and also to a large part, also like Gruce's, uh role in that in that relationship was also very well done. Oh, I thought pitch perfect. Yeah, it was great. So I, I think that as a whole, yeah, absolutely, it's it's the best. Um, well, I'm glad that you brought up Anju and Kafe because that's what uh, that's another one of the three that I put down, and this is almost as good but it's it's just a notch below like just barely a notch below because what makes what makes this particular angle so good i think is the side quest that goes along with it and how detailed and expanded and um just how intricate that side quest is and how much how much goes into it and in completing it and i think that that boosts up the story of of these two um but when you look at the actual like story just of themselves of Anju and Cafe, it's it's maybe not as it's maybe not as fleshed out as as Lincoln Zelda and Skyward Sword. But I, I mean, you know what what can we say about this side quest that hasn't been said before? It's such a good story, um, just executed really to perfection. And that and that final scene of them together before the moon crashes is maybe one of the best in Zelda. I, yeah, I think I think if you think about it, like the Anju and Kafe, and then you have Lincoln Zelda and Skyward Sword. I think it's kind of like an evolution. They try, they pretty much did the same thing, and where they had all these different beats, like story beats and relationship beats throughout Skyward Sword, and Anju and Kafe have that as well. As you find out more about them, as you find out more about, you know, kind of their history within Termina and then what they were trying to do and your, your quest mm-hmm. to essentially help them and save them. Um, and I think they kind of took that, that kernel from Majora's Mask and then expanded that into 
not just, you know, something that you experience as a third party, but as being a participant in it with Skyward Sword. And they they hit all those same notes and they just they just made it better. And I think that's that's part of the reason why uh, Skyward Sword Link and Zelda is one of the best is the best pairing in um, in Zelda. Uh, I think that Anju and Kafei has some weight to it too because it's really like it it lends importance and gravitas to the side quest and how important it really is because it's actually like one of the only times where you don't actually play as Link like you control Kafei just for a bit there and you and you actually work together to to get that mask back for him um, mm-hmm. so it kind of it shows you like how important things are yeah definitely i think that lends i think it lends it some weight and just uh goes a long way towards building up that moment at the end um and i know i know that you get the happy the happy moment at the end where they get married but to me i always i always liken it to like a romeo and juliet where like you know if you do this side quest you're you know chances are the moon has fallen down on them right unless you go straight from the end of that to to fight majora but it's just it's kind of that that doomed romance where they got together in the end, but then, you know, the world is literally falling around or falling apart around them. Um, it, it's it just, it's beauty. so effective. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean that, that final shot is uh, like, like I said, I think that that, that one shot of them embracing is, is maybe one of the most iconic shots in the entire Zelda franchise. I agree. There's, there's so much to love about, uh, about them. And there's so much to love about, like the Link and Zelda from Skyward Sword. Like these, these two are definitely, in my mind, the the best examples of of romance done right and it, done well. It's almost fair Zelda. to say that they're one A and one B. Yeah, really. absolutely. Um, I I think that I would always give one A to Link and Zelda and Skyward Sword, and maybe that's just because they're your main characters. But uh, I I mean just two excellent examples of romance in the Zelda series. And this is, these two examples are what I always point to when I say like, I wouldn't mind seeing more romantic angles. Yeah. The, and, but, and again, that's the problem though, is like when you, you look at that and you see what it can, what, what it can look like when it's done right. But then you can also kind of look the other way and say, yeah, but if they don't hit all those notes, if they don't do it, like this again what are we left with are we if we make like think about it this way if skyward sword didn't pull off what they pulled off with link and zelda would it have been the same game would it have been the same story would it have been probably not no the story wouldn't have hit as as hard for sure um so yeah I, i see what you're saying i i i guess i just I always have faith in Nintendo to be able to pull that off because I, sure. I still think that Skyward Sword is their storytelling masterpiece. Like Agreed. Um, and I, I, I'd like to see another game in that similar vein, I guess. It's it's so just a, it's a very thin rope to walk, you know? A very thin line. Well, and let's move on to... I don't know if I would necessarily say that this particular pairing walked the line or if it fell... It's certainly not the best, but the premise of this is maybe the most intriguing in the Zelda series. And of course, I'm talking about Breath of the Wild and kind of the love triangle between Link, Zelda, and Mipha. Because as you play the game, um, it's obvious that Zelda is developing feelings for Link. Um, At first, she really resents him and then grows to appreciate him. And then 
you know, towards the end really develops an affection for him. Um, but, but at the same time, it's also obvious and more pointed that Amifa, you know, loves Link for lack of a better word. And they, uh, I, I don't know that they ever say that Link reciprocates, but he certainly is in a position where he's not, you know, he, he, he would be giving her the impression that he does, I guess, watching the sunset um, atop the Divine Beast and, and et cetera, et cetera. And so I think the premise of this is really interesting where you have that love triangle between Link, Zelda, and Mifa. And if Mifa and Zelda could have worked together like they're supposed to, I think that that concept was just so good and it's a shame that they didn't explore it a little bit more. But I, like, I, I am really, really intrigued by that. And, you know, I'm sure that <laughs> fan fiction writers and, and shippers or whatever love it and have a field day with it. But uh, ta- what, do you, what do you think about this whole love triangle thing? So this is a good example of what I feel is um, like wanting more of it, but at the same time realizing that it, it kind of fell short. So I, I wouldn't say like they fell off the wire. I would say that they kind of they had a good idea, they had a good thing going, and I was really invested in finding out what happens, and then I was kind of left hanging, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's a fairly good way to put it. Um, yeah, I, just, I, 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 I am really intrigued about what this story, I think it's the premise of what this story could have been. Right. And maybe and, they did leave it open-ended by design, but... I think this was just – it was one thing that was really, really amazing about uh, about the story of Breath of the Wild that I really, really liked. And at the same time, I think it also hit those same pitfalls that the rest of the game hit when it came to story segments. Uh, you know, we had such a phenomenal game in terms of, you know, being able to play and explore and, and just have wild amounts of fun in the Zelda, in the Zelda universe. Um you know, in, in story, honestly, still the one of the only things I can really criticize about Breath of the Wild, and this this is one of those quests or not quests, sorry, this is one of those um, story segments of Breath of the Wild that I really really love, and that I'm also really really bitter about at the same time. <laughs> you know, I I'm I'm like you, super invested in it. I really wanted to find out more about it, and I've. I, I didn't get to, and I kind of had to be left to my own devices to figure out what I wanted from it. And while I can appreciate that being a cool thing, and I think that that works for some for some stuff, I don't know. It just, it just didn't, it didn't hit me the right way, I think, in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and, and I feel like that's probably a casualty of having, you know, the four champions because... I mean, they highlighted Mifa, but they didn't really highlight her any more than they highlighted anyone else. And so I think that's a casualty of them not necessarily wanting to pick favorites and, and dive in, which is mm-hmm. too bad because I think that like the, the Mifa story is, is just super interesting. Whereas, you know, Daruk, do I really do I really like him or am I invested in him in a, as a character? Not really. He doesn't really have an arc. Um I mean, as much as we all love Verbosa, you could argue the same thing about her. Rivali at least has some character qualities that, that make him stand out a little bit. And they do sort of delve into that. But again, it's with the same half step instead of the full gallop into that, um, as it were. So, well, yeah, I think issue... that, like, Zelda Mifa is just... It's an issue of what could have been, and the, and the premise is just so intriguing. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the biggest issue with the champions, and and because Mifa is one of the champions, this is why it hurts her in this triangle, is that they reduced all the champions basically to archetypes. So you've got Urbosa, who's kind of like the mom of the group. Then you've got Mifa, who's the love interest. You've got Zelda being the heroine. You've got Daruk, who's like the big brother. And then you've got Rivali, who's the rival. So, you know, when you just reduce them to that and then you only give them like little minor pieces after that, you know, it leads to something where you definitely grab the attention of the viewer and you definitely grab the interest. Um, but especially in Mifa's case, that's where you kind of need them to extend their arm out a little bit more and give you give you a little bit more to it and like say, okay, yeah. we grabbed your attention. Now here's the, here's the thrust. Here's the, here's the attack. You know, what, what do we yeah, see? Give us, give us a little bit more meat on that bone. Yeah. You know, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I think that link Zelda Mifa is, is a great example of romance and like what could have been. And, uh, you know, uh, the good thing about that is, is it is rather open-ended. So, you know, it can be debated by fans forever. So in that sense, I think that it's going to be one of the, the everlasting angles in Zelda. Um, putting you on the spot, Taylor, are you Team Zelda or Team Mifa? Uh, team Mifa. Team Mifa. And I really like Breath of the Wild Zelda. I really do. She's probably my second favorite iteration of Zelda. Same. I, I will yeah, I definitely Mifa. agree with that. Um, so those are my three that I picked, but I guess we should touch on Link's Awakening with Link and Marin just quickly. I don't know necessarily that they have the same depth, complexity, or intrigue as the three examples that we listed, but they do have that one shot that probably rivals Anju and Cafe um, as the most iconic in the Zelda series, and that, of course, is, is the Link and Marin on the beach in their discussion about how she dreams of flying away, which, I mean, is pretty sad in and of itself, and goes back to the whole story of Link's Awakening and how that's sad because, you know, inherently... For Link to get off that island, he has to wake up, um, and basically he has to wake up to Windfish and basically kill the entire population Destroy, of that island. Yeah. So it, it's a very tragic story in and of itself. It's funny because we keep coming back to this, where the, there are these like similarities between all all the good ones. <laughs> it's kind of like they're beta testing each new iteration. <laughs> you've got Link's Awakening, which is kind of the start. Then you've got. Uh, Anju and Cafe, which is the evolution. Then you have Link and Zelda, which is kind of like the final product in, in Skyward Sword. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely see where the parallels run there. Um, did we skip over any other really stellar romantic angles in the Zelda series, do you think? Or are those like kind of the ones? Mm, I had one. I, I know I did. I'm t- Oof. Darn it, putting me on the spot here. I mean, there are some like there are some lesser ones, uh, like the Moblin Quest in the Wind oh. Waker, which I think is fun, but not maybe not on the same level. But I remembered, you, and you I remember. All right. Yes, and I know that all of Zelda Dungeon would be remiss and hate me forever if I didn't bring this up and we didn't cover it. So I'm saving you all now. Link in, in Midna from Twilight Princess. What do you What are your thoughts on that? Oh, two thumbs down. I know, I know. I, I don't, I, what, but here's the thing. I don't think that they have, like, an implied romantic relationship in that game, like, at all. 
No, yeah, you know, I agree with that, but there's so many people out there who, who kind of ship it. If if maybe only because of that final scene or maybe because they see the same thing that we saw with Lincoln Zelda and Skyward Sword and where the relationship between the two over the course of the entire game kind of evolves, in which it does, I will admit that. I don't think it evolves yeah, very it far, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that Midna, like, at the beginning, she, she uses Link to you know, get what she wants. Like, like I'll tell you this. I, I think I would be, I would be more interested and I see more of a connection between me or between Midna and Zelda than I do Midna and Link Ooh, that's in that a good particular point. game. That is a well, good uh, Because point. I mean, Zelda sacrifices herself for Midna. Midna kind of develops that respect and admiration for Zelda doing so. I, I just like, I never see her talking romantically or like even implied towards Link. Yeah. I, I you know, it, it really comes down to when I when I'm trying to think about it that way. O- only the final scene really has any implication of that, and even then, it's n- it's nothing. It's more like a tease. It's more just like Minda. And being and even Zelda Midna. is still there. So like yeah. you can you could see how that may be directed that to way. Zelda. I don't know. To me, that's more interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. One final odd, odd but somewhat plausible th- uh, pairing. All right. Link and Navi from Ocarina. So in a lot of different uh, materials, and even Aonuma and Miyamoto at various points have kind of hinted towards this, is that there's a kind of an unrequited love going on there and where Navi kind of falls for Link at, at some point during the story and it's part of the reason why she leaves at the end not just because her mission is complete but because she can't bear to know that she will she'll never be she'll never be with Link. Now, this is obviously where we're kind of stretching stretching this a bit cuz it it delves into I guess out of out of story references and what creators have said and what you know, you can kind of imply, but let, let's give it a fair shake. What do you, what do you think? I think that that's stretching. I, I don't know. I, I'm not on board with that one. I think that that one's silly. I, silly I just don't think that there's anything that's even remotely like there's nothing hinted. There's nothing. Uh, I, I don't know. I think if you have to rely on like out of canon stuff, it eh. that's fair. I, I think I'm of the opinion that it's it's entirely possible, I guess. I think that it's it's interesting on the concept of, you know, what how would that have changed my thinking of the story had I known that that was what was going on at the time that I originally played it. Um, but I think overall I, I would agree it's a little bit of a weak uh, a weak foundation. But it, it, I think it could have been something interesting that if they had explored more fully would have would have been fun at the very least to kind of see what would, what would happen. I think uh, uh, the the only thing that I think that they could have done with that is make it like into a comedic thing that like Navi has a crush on Link and maybe that would have been cool. But I don't know, it's something serious. I I don't like it. Don't work well, it was me. supposed to be kind of like a, a bittersweet thing, again, kind of like Anjun Kafe and kind of, you know, almost Link and, and Mifa 
in that regard and where um, it wasn't supposed to be, oh, yeah, Link falls for Navi. It was supposed to be Navi falls for Link and Navi leaves because Navi knows that it'll never happen, that it's never it's not something that Link will ever feel towards her. And it's not something that even if he did would ever be plausible. That, that was supposed to be the idea behind it, at least. Hey, if you're, uh, you know, if you're down with that, I'm down with that too. It's, uh, I, I don't like it, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, when, when you explain it like that, I can, I can see how some people maybe think that's cool or, uh, you know, would think that that's um, a good, a good option to go down. I, I don't see it. I, I don't know if I really like it, but, you know, the Fair power to, uh, to people that do. Yeah. Um, let's let's give a shout out to the absolute worst love interest in this entire series. We're looking at you, Ilya. <laughs> uh, how terrible is Ilya? God, she's just awful. See, I had so much hope for that, and then I was just I was so I was left so bitter at the end. It's <laughs> like, oh, why, why did they do this? It's it's just terrible. Oh God, just terrible i wrote a daily debate about that once and uh i was expecting it to be pretty controversial and everyone was just like yep she's pretty awful (laughs) she this sucks (laughs) um so those are such a shame because i think twilight princess hit quite a few great story moments it it didn't have i I do too yeah but like it had some great story moments and i think that could have been one of one of our favorite things. It could have been romance again, done really well by Nintendo, and for whatever reason, it just kind of fell flat. I think my favorite from Twilight Princess is Agatha, the crazy ass bug lady. <laughs> you, 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 I you're ship like them. Not, you're not even the first person who's told me that. I think there's like at least twelve people I know that I can name off the top of my head who also say that every time Twilight Princess is ever mentioned. I know she's cute. So uh, yeah, she likes bugs. Who doesn't like bugs? Can't can't go wrong with that, I guess. You know. So those are our top three, uh, maybe top four if we include Link's Awakening. The, like the angles that that feature romance predominantly that I just I really think um, show what that can be in the Zelda series. We want to hear what you guys like romantically in Zelda series uh do you agree with us disagree with us what have we left out I'm sure we've glossed over a bunch of things but uh you guys will let us know in the comments at Zelda Dungeon like you always do so yeah that's uh that's it for the week of love going on at Zelda Dungeon uh any any last words parting thoughts Taylor you know I think we covered it all we we want more of it but just not too much in that case, I guess there's nothing left to say other than hashtag Team Mifa. Um, head on over to Podbean, head on over to iTunes, like, subscribe, comment, review, all of that good stuff. Uh, we really appreciate all the support. Last couple weeks have been huge for this podcast, so uh, keep it up. If you like this show, recommend it to a friend. You know, if you've got that Zelda fanatic in your life and they want to hear some good Zelda opinions, uh, send them our way down to the Champions Cast. And uh, that'll do it for us this week. Head on over to Twitter. You can find me at Spateri316. You can find Taylor at Diff underscore Bluehawk. We're out of here. We're off to uh, disappoint our significant others for Valentine's Day. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good one and stay safe. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>